Welcome to The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we discuss sayings prevalent in culture and the church that miss the mark of biblical truth. My name is Shara Donahue, and today we will be continuing our Half Truth series and investigating the statement that all sin is equal. Before we dive into this idea, let's make sure we're clear about what sin is and what it's not. The Bible is clear that sin is a problem for all of us. James 2.10 says, For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. Jesus was the only one to keep the law perfectly. To be human is to be a sinner. Billy Graham describes sin in this way. A sin is any thought or action that falls short of God's will. God is perfect, and anything we do that falls short of His perfection is sin. The Bible actually uses a number of examples or word pictures to illustrate what this means. For example, it tells us that sin is like an archer who misses the target. He draws back his bow and sends the arrow on its way. But instead of hitting the bullseye, it veers off course and misses the mark. The arrow may only miss it a little bit, or it may miss it a great deal, but the result is the same. The arrow doesn't land where it is supposed to. The same is true of sin. God's will is like the center of that target, and when we sin, we fall short of His will or miss the mark. This definition makes me think of the time my church had an event where they told the gospel story through a series of child-friendly interactive booths. There was a booth that specifically talked about sin and missing the mark by letting the kids shoot foam darts at volunteers wearing targets on their shirts. And one of the volunteers was my daughter's best friend's brother. Oh, how she wanted to hit him. But try as she might, the foam dart would get caught in the wind, misfire and bounce backward, or fall short. As her playful determination failed her, I sensed my own failure of missing the mark. On a daily basis, I am overwhelmed with the grace Christ has offered me. We may desperately desire to hit the mark of righteousness, but armed with the history of humanity's propensity to sin, We get caught in the winds of culture's wisdom of the age. We miscalculate and end up further from our goal and find our efforts falling short. As Romans 3.23 reminds us, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We miss the mark. We transgress the law. We follow the flesh instead of the spirit. And we rebel against God. All of that is sin. And the saying, all sin is equal, is a half-truth because all sin is equal in the consideration that it separates us from God. The eternal consequences for every sinner, liar or murderer, prideful or predator, is hell, apart from the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Eternally, all sins can also be covered by the mighty work of Christ on the cross and his victory over death. 
the discussion in Romans 5 about the first and last Adam is relevant here, and verses 18 and 19 summarize it well. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. However, in the temporal, meaning this side of heaven, all sin is not equal. There are varying consequences for choosing different sins, and the Bible hints at this as well. In 1 John five sixteen through 17 John says, If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will give him life. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death, there is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is a sin that does not lead to death. Consequences can also fall into different categories, but some of the most common that we see are legal or civil consequences, basically being found guilty of breaking a law of the land and consequences can look like a fine or jail time or the death penalty. Then there are biological consequences, any type of consequence that impacts our health, obesity complications, complications brought on by abusing substances that we put in our body, or consequences of sexual immorality. Then there are societal and relational consequences. When we make choices that impact our human relationships, they can become strained, or we might be excluded from certain social groups for breaking their rules being fired from a job, getting rejected or kicked out of a university, a divorce, or any kind of relational dissolution. Then there are personal consequences, feelings of shame, guilt, or condemnation, regret. The consequences for sin are always present and observable in a time when fallen humanity walks the earth. We see this even in the Old Testament laws, Adultery brought destruction to families and society, and the consequence in ancient Israel was death, civil and societal consequence. However, if you touched a dead body, which was against the law at that time, you had to stay outside the camp for a couple days because you were unclean, which is a biological, civil, and societal consequence. Hey, you get to stay alive. Yet even then, the sins that didn't lead to death still required sacrifice that covered for a period of time because they had yet to know the blood and final sacrifice of Christ that washes thoroughly and absolves completely. Consequences then changed as the new covenant unfolded, but Jesus did say things like, And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades, for if the mighty works done to you have been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. In Matthew 11, 23-24, the sins of these two cities seem to indicate degrees of judgment. Then Jesus taught this parable from Luke 12, 42-48. And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager, 
whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the male and female servants, and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant, who knew his master's will, but did not get ready or act according to his will, will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much was given of him will be required, and from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. This parable shows us that the motives behind someone's sinful acts also determine consequence. Legally, we see this today in the difference between something like first-degree murder and manslaughter. The intent of the heart was in a different place. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. We cannot be deceived in thinking we can escape the earthly consequences of sin, even though Jesus has carried the eternal consequences for us. 1 John 2.2 declares that he, Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. But we will also reap what we sow, as it says in Galatians 6.7. I have sat with people who are so relieved to know that grace has covered their many transgressions, that eternally they are in a good place, but they still deal with the frustration about facing the fallout of their sin. People do live in the identity of one made righteous by Christ and still have to declare on job applications if they were convicted of a felony at 19. People who committed their life to Christ after a string of sexual encounters that led to an HIV diagnosis, are still new creations in Christ, but they also will still need to take medication. 
There are instances of miracles that wipe away the consequences of sin in the lives of believers, but most of us will still have to face the aftermath of choices we made apart from God while still living in the truth of who God has declared us to be. As Paul said in Romans 6, we do not sin more so that grace will increase, but we live in freedom from sin by submitting ourselves to the quest for righteousness. And in this quest, we keep ourselves from not only what the world would say are big sins with big consequences, but also what the world would call little sins. For though the consequences of so-called little sins may be less obvious, they can still bring destruction. Because the sins that carry large or small consequences disrupt our relationship with God. They hinder our intimacy with Christ and numb us to the voice of the Holy Spirit whose counsel we sincerely need. Charles Spurgeon taught on so-called little sins and said, Brother, if Satan tempts thee to say, Is it not a little one? Reply to him, Ah, Satan, but little though it be, it may mar my fellowship with Christ. Sin cannot destroy, but it will annoy. It cannot ruin my soul, but it will soon ruin my peace. Thou sayest, It is a little one, Satan, but my Savior had to die for it. Or otherwise, I should have been shut out from heaven. That little one may be like a little thorn in my flesh to prick my heart and wound my soul. I cannot, I dare not indulge in this little sin, for I have been greatly forgiven and I must greatly love. A little sin in others will be a great sin for me. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Oh, so much truth in that. The great horror and tragedy of sin is that it separates us from God. Earthly consequences aside, it is this truth that is the highest price. And it is something that all sins do. So the question of the equity of sin is not the question we should be asking. Instead, we cry out like the tax collector in Luke 18, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Because we know the truth of Romans 6.23, that for the wages of sin, all sin, is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we see both our sin and the gift given to us, we love much because we know we have been forgiven much. Whatever our sin, it has brought catastrophe. But the love of Jesus has delivered redemption. Although we will still experience the struggles and difficulties of our sinful choices, we live in the security of freedom through Christ from sin. And that one day for the redeemed, sin and its varying consequences will be no more. Pray with me, Jesus. We surely judge our own sin incorrectly. You see us perfectly, and you still died for us. We are humbled in awe, and we thank you. Thank you for the freedom, the love, 
and the righteousness we did not earn. Help us to live victoriously over sin and for any who are still experiencing earthly consequences for sins done in the past, help them to live with them in a victorious way for they will only last for a little while. Eternity has been taken care of because of you. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. I know sin is messy, but our God gave all to cleanse it, and that is the joy we get to rest in. The verses and articles referred to can be found in the show notes at lifeaudio.com slash podcast or on iTunes. And if you're over in the notes, we'd love if you would rate and review this podcast so others can find us. Until next time, may you seek the abundant life Jesus died to give and live in the truth that sets people free. want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.